0: Buddy, and welcome back to This Side
1: of the Barn here on Barnside Chats. I'm Burns. And I'm Bob. And today we have a very special guest, Julian Clymer. He was a member of our Sonoma County Wife and R, and he's sold, sold my family, our Chardonnay wine grapes, through Sunridge Nursery. And is now the new starter and chairman for the Napa Young Farmers and Ranchers.
2: Oh, hey there, happy new year to you both. It's been a little while. Yeah,
0: yeah. quite a while. I mean, I think the last time we saw you was at the barn dance, to be honest.
2: (laughs) It might have been 2019, not 2020, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Except we got to see a little digital version of you during our cocktail hour.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I like how you guys had the the grill queued up and you were uh, barbecuing some chestnuts out there for the fine patrons of Marin YFNR stopping by. (laughs) Yeah, we, we try and go above and
1: beyond and socially distant and and, and cook nuts rather than also just making drinks. So you got to have some sort of snack while you're drinking, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
2: Uh, which uh, cocktail did you guys feature during the competition uh, uh, there before the holiday? We had the Holiday Mule. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, Jack- was all, that was Jack- all Burns' idea. <sighs> Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was good to see the McClure sisters uh, take home the trophy again this year. (laughs) We'll get them one of these years. We'll get them one of these years, (laughs) boys. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm.
1: We'll
0: We'll have Julian on our team, and then it'll be a three against three.
2: Yeah, you'll get me on the grill. I'll work on the chestnuts, and and we'll let you boys tend to the mules.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we only got one problem is we don't have any more nuts now we just donated the rest of ours to the to the Redwood Empire Food Bank so
2: are you guys growing chestnuts on your ranch
1: yeah there, yeah we got or one tree
2: right. we okay. got one tree what about you Burns do you guys have uh orchard trees on on your family's property
0: uh we got a variety of trees i mean mainly eucalyptus mm. but <laughs> no uh, we got a couple of walnuts here at our in town house so we try to collect them but most of the time they end up getting diseased, so it's the trees are just there for shade.
2: The the shade's important, are man. Shade's important. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you're telling me. Well, I was going to have burns for out. We just got a new um, machine from bag of nut. It's a little nut picker up or it goes behind a four-wheeler or a Lawn lawnmower, lawnmower picks up the nuts. Did pretty good for us.
2: How big is that rig? Is it, a uh, you just you just push it along or do you like tow it behind an ATV or something?
1: You tow behind an ATV, it's 36 inches wide. Oh, wow, that's got a,
2: quite a, a broom on it, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then it's got two baskets on it, so it's just these little, um, bristle fingers or just these discs with little fingers on them. And as you drive over, it picks up the nuts and throws them in the basket. So it worked really good, other than besides, or. Where our walnut orchard is is an old riverbed. So a lot of the rocks are the same size as walnuts, so it's about 50% rocks, 50% nuts are picking up. So, after net season it'll be better cuz all the rocks are up.
2: Do you have a uh, like a trunk shaker or something you use to get all those down off the tree? Uh, we just have a just
1: a metal pole with a hook on the end and we just shake the limbs individually. Oh yeah. All right. We used to cuz we used to do prunes here, but we got rid of all that equipment when we took all the prunes out and put vineyard in.
2: Oh, certainly. How are those uh, Chardonnay plants doing out at your place?
1: Oh, very good. Fantastic. They're, they're growing. We even got a little bit of fruit off the last ones. Well, yeah. not the last ones, but the...
2: The um, the young ones, the new ones.
1: Yeah, the young ones. Not the, not the newest ones, but the, the last set you got us.
2: Yeah, that Zinfandel's is probably uh, you guys probably tipped it right there at the stake this year. We're out on the wire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good.
1: Yeah, so they're they're looking really good. So maybe this year we'll we'll pull something off of some of them. We'll see. And we got a contract for them now this year, which is good. Last year we we ended up we didn't have a contract going through, and then finally uh, KJ ended up buying. At La Crema, they bought our um, bought our Chardonnay, so it worked out.
2: That's fantastic. There's a lot of growers that uh, we work with uh, through Sunridge Nurseries, and both in Sonoma and around the state that are kind of in between contracts right now. But uh, I think everybody's optimistic that in the coming months um, some of that will change. So mm-hmm. I think I think once everybody gets their budgets dialed in and they figure out. What the uh, landscape for the grape market begins to shape up here in February and March, uh, we're pretty optimistic that things will tighten up, especially in Sonoma County. Because right now, uh, it, it seems like there are a lot of growers that aren't quite sure how to handle the year and, you know, what kind of inputs and how much money can be spent on grape farming when uh, you don't have a buyer at the other end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm glad to hear that you guys uh, have negotiated that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it was... It was hard with the end of last year because between the fires and smoke taint, um, we ended, we didn't end up picking our um, Zinfandel because it was smoke tainted, but our Chardonnay was actually ended up being okay. So it worked out. We did get to pick at least the Chardonnay off the ranch.
2: Very good. Very good.
1: Hopefully there's not that problem next year.
2: Yeah. Well, gosh, before we got started here, I was curious, you know, you you said we're celebrating. It's your uh, 21st episode? Yeah, that is correct. Yes. It's fantastic. I think the last, you know, the last time I might have seen you boys was out. uh, We were stingray fishing, I think, in Tamales Bay, now that I think about it. (laughs) Maybe I Uh saw you in between that, (laughs) one of those summers. That was a lot of fun that year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh,
1: On the Posey Ranch?
2: Yeah, yeah, out there. Yeah, uh, and um, no, what I was asking because uh, I was curious at how the whole uh, Barnside chats came to be. Have you guys told the origin story of of how how this came together? Uh, that
0: I'll I'll take that, uh, Bob. Um, you can fill in if you want. Uh, anyways, but yeah, that, mainly our first episode was kind of about that, and it was all because of COVID. We started it. Uh, back in may it was just an idea in march because everything was closed down and whatnot and you know podcasts have been a growing subject and we're we were thinking about making somewhat of a somewhat of a brand or and you know and trying to get people off the not particularly off the topic of covid but you know just try to provide some you know useful information you know in the meantime if you're saying sanctu- if you're stuck at home or if you want to listen to something while you're at work because you're quarantined to your office or whatever so that's kind of how this whole thing started and then we were thinking well maybe we should you know invite people in and it just kind of grew from there
2: oh it's been great man i mean i really enjoyed uh your conversations with uh your fishing stories with noah <laughs> up north and uh and a the chance to hear about uh Miss Rachel Boring and the uh, and the Raspberry Farm. I, I think it's great what you guys are doing. So um, keep it up, it's the good work, huh?
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. And yeah, Barnside Chats wasn't our our first name either. There was a couple <laughs> different phases too we've gone through, and, <laughs> and we, kind of, we kind of settled on Barnside Chats.
0: It it was the most neutral out of all of these uh, options.
2: We got to keep this uh, PG for family fun, right, boys?
0: Yeah. It gets into 13 every once in a while.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I've done a couple sensors. But but, I think on Andrew's episode, I think, is when we first deployed a sensor. <laughs>
0: uh, it was, was it that one? Or was it yeah. with Trent Yeah, it was because Tris was on it. it.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, you know, if we're yeah. not uh, having holiday mules or meeting up at the Washu house somewhere, you know, this is a little different talking over the computer. We can keep, keep each other, you know, checked in a little bit more... Uh, uh, well-spoken with a few uh, a few less expletives uh, out there when we're not uh, meeting up for those kinds of things. Because I almost drove out to Sonoma County today. <laughs> it was great. I, I had it all planned out and I was going to head out and join you boys. And then you texted me in the morning. You're like, what's your email? I'll send you the link for the chat. I went, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a pandemic. I don't need to go see Robbie today. <laughs> but in my head, I'm thinking I'm just going to drive out there and get a chance to hang out with you boys that was that was what i was planning <laughs> mm-hmm. I, well, I had uh, I, I forgot
0: <laughs> well don't be ashamed because you know once this pandemic thing kind of settles down if it ever does that's the plan we're gonna have it like once a night every week or every other week or whatever and you know pizza and beer kind of kind of a thing
2: that's great. Well, you guys can get some folks in the queue after a, or before a YFNR meeting, too. I think that'll be great.
0: Oh, yeah. We do a little like talk and share and whatever and get some content that way.
2: That's great.
1: But and yeah, you know, we're, we're planning to try and make this kind of more, I guess, once it's more in person, then we could start doing like the YouTube half of it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for now, it's just kind of a way that Matt and I could have a conversation. Being that our our phone conversations seem to go on for a long time, we figured we might as well just record them. <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, it's great. I, I think that the audio is a good format. You know, we all spend a lot of time, you know, putting over the hill and and driving all over the Tri County area, taking care of business, and, and everybody really enjoys, you know, a little talk radio, a little you know, a little time in the car with a few other folks that have you know share some, uh, you know, share some stories, and and also you know. Uh, we share some interests, and it's, it's nice. I think the audio is a great format, and uh, it's an easy way to, to kind of digest those things when you're on the road, too.
0: I absolutely agree, because that's what I did when uh, I started listening to podcasts, you know, after we kind of started, uh, especially during Harvest, because I got to drive the truck all the way from Kenwood all the way into uh, Rutherford to haul grapes from rutherford you know to rutherford and you know it it kind of just stimulates your mind going in the morning um rather than music you know it's kind of it's not how you how would you say it? it's not like it's gonna straight wake you up it's gonna get your mind thinking and kind of prepares you for the rest of the day that's what Uh, i think
2: i think so too and it's it's help uh it helps keep your your mind engaged you know when you're You've been working a few too many days and a few too many late nights and early mornings. It's good to, to have something to keep your mind engaged while you're on the road. What's the uh, what's the route you take from Kenwood to Rutherford? That's a, that's a bit of a coin flip, actually. You know, you, you got a couple different routes you can take from there. Uh, do you go over the the, the the Calistoga route or do you come around through Carneros?
0: I go around through Carneros. It's yep. easier that way. Uh, sometimes it, it just depends. I mean... Uh, if I'm in Kenwood, most of, most of the time I could, uh, with a service truck with no trailer, I can just head over the hill on, uh, you know, Trinity Road, Oakville Grade. Um, otherwise, I can, if I have a trailer or if I have the flatbed, I have to take the longer route because Tr- Trinity Road is not meant for long vehicles of any means.
2: And not when and you're hauling wide. Eight, t- eight tons of grapes on the back. You don't want to push those over that hill either.
0: Oh, definitely not. And luckily I don't have to haul grapes all the way over to Rutherford. But anyways, yeah, I just take the take it around through Carneros there. And yeah. unless, I, unless I'm up in Healdsburg and I have to go into, into Napa for some reason, I'll just go through Mark West and into Calistoga or I'll go through um, – uh, chalk hill to 128.
2: There you go. Yeah, we can get tricky in there though. I, I I recall I've been hauling grapes for a buddy of mine the last few years and um, going over Mark West. I remember because I had a I had a single and a double and my double was on the the uh, outside and I, I should have stacked it on the inside and it came around a corner. And I got a bit of a hairy spot there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of stood up on my hind legs and went, you know what? Uh, I got to remember to put those on the inside of the load next time. That That's not a good thing to have out there.
0: <laughs> Did you have them in boxes?
2: Oh yeah. No, I mean, every was, everything worked out okay, but I got a very gentle reminder, you know, about uh, gravity and heavy equipment and uh, trying, to, trying to push grapes up and over these hills. You know, it can be a little tricky from time to time. And we were trucking grapes from Carneros and I would make three stops, you know, I would drop off a few grapes and in uh, Healdsburg. And then I'd have to go down to Kenwood and then over the hill to Calistoga. And that was my route for the morning, you know, because mm. everybody's buying a ton or two of this or a ton or two of that. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's a little tricky when you're out there because um, it's it's nice to go down through Carneros. You take all that weight with you. But when you're trying to push all that weight up over the hill through through Mark West Springs or over Trinity, God forbid. Um, yeah, I can get a little hairy.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> To, just to remind our, our folks here are you hauling like actual grapes or are you hauling like the grapevines
2: uh, well actually to be fair a little bit of both i I I, okay. uh, I definitely participate in both of those avenues but uh, my my day job is working uh, for the grapevine nursery uh, we've got a, a fleet of trucks to get things around but um, a lot of the growers up here, uh, a number of th- these working ranches are up on a mountaintop somewhere and we can't get, you know, a 53-foot semi in there or even a flatbed a lot of times. And so I end up stacking up a few extra bins in my pickup or I'll take a trailer and, and, uh, and get the grapevines in that way. But um, I suppose these stories are from the, uh, the side hustle during harvest. You know, things slow down a bit for uh, the grapevine business. You know, we're not doing a ton of development when everybody else is busy picking grapes. So I always help out for, you know, six, eight weeks during harvest, uh, hauling fruit and doing a little crush down at the winery uh, down there. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that makes it clear. Um, But yeah. So that's what, you know, that's kind of part of the grape hauling business is you, you don't always just haul grapes. You haul everything in between. Like with me, it's equipment, you know, tractors and whatnot.
2: No, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's your bread and butter, right? You're, I mean, mechanic work uh, with the vineyard management company, right?
0: Uh, No. I, I'm with uh, St. Francis Winery.
2: Oh, you're working with Jake over there. That's right.
1: Yeah. So then, too, like I said earlier, too, you, you also started back up the Napa Wife and R, isn't that correct?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, myself and uh, August D'Amato, uh, Kelly Cybulski, uh, Ashton Lautner, uh, Camille McDonald, a couple great folks over here in Napa County, uh, been working hard to, to revitalize the the chapter uh, for Farm Bureau's Young Farmers and Ranchers here in Napa. And so that's right, we had alluded to the, the barn dance we got to put on, you boys came out for uh, back there in 2019. And I guess that was the the first and last big party for YFNR. (laughs) Um, It kind of (laughs) was. Yeah. So we worked pretty hard to get things opened up and moving again. And and we got a lot of attention. You know, we raised, gosh, it was a little over $7,000 for ag scholarships and and ag education programs and enrichment activities, which was great. So thank you boys again for coming out and bringing the rest of Sonoma Marin, YFNR. And it's always good to see, uh, See everybody out and about together, and gosh, that was that would have been Thanksgiving in nineteen, and then uh, yeah, we had our officer elections in February of, of twenty, and then that was it. <laughs> so um, we were busy uh, doing some some gleaning, uh, some produce gleaning here in the valley throughout the year. Uh, we helped out with uh, putting together some of these uh, grow your own garden kits for the school garden network. Uh, for the Unified School District. and uh, and then we've been uh, partnering with uh, the folks over at uh, uh, St. John's uh, Mission Farm over on Linda Vista Avenue. And they've got a little two acre farm that they grow produce for the and uh, a small orchard um, for fruits that they do for the Napa Valley Food Bank. And so we joined them last year an effort to help bolster the work that they were doing. And so actually we brought in I think it was over twenty one thousand pounds of food um through the mission farm uh last year. Uh with our help of course, you know, supporting their their work. And so I guess we increased it, you know, their uh, capacity by thirty or forty percent last year, which is great.
0: Oh wow, that's quite a bit.
2: Yeah, no, we're we're really happy um to be able to participate in that program. So Yeah, if anyone's interested, we're getting together. Uh, It's Saturday mornings at uh, 9 to 12 o'clock out at the Mission Farm. And uh, August D'Amato, who's the incoming wife in our chair, she's going to be leading those efforts this year. And so uh, do come out and join us. Very nice. Uh, This is over uh, in in the northwest corner of Napa proper. It's just off of uh, Linda Vista and Redwood at the uh, saint john's church there they've got a couple acres it's kind of right in the middle of the community it's cool um and yeah the saint john's church there
0: this is in saint Helena, is that correct
2: uh it's actually down in napa napa okay yep yeah that's right off of Trankus if you yeah oh, okay Trankus, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. on the west side of town though towards mm-hmm. uh, yep
1: and now is that is that for everybody or just people within that fall within the demographics of the wife and our group?
2: Uh, that's for everybody. So the it's more of a community garden, um, and then you know we've been trying to get you know our members and and encourage uh, everybody else to participate as well. But that's open to the community. So if if anyone is interested that wants to you know hang out and help out, um, it's a great way to you know get some gardening done on the weekend and get some fresh air and and you know all for a good cause so
0: right. sounds like we need to have a discussion with our chair possibly weekend trip
2: yeah we'll get you go yeah absolutely <laughs> just throw you guys in the in the bus socially distance and, and send you over the hill
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well, i'm sure the that there's
2: there's probably some uh produce and gleaning efforts you know available plus you know uh your wife and our group has been pretty active up at the redwood empire food bank correct
1: yes
0: yes for now uh we're planning on going back again uh we just don't have a confirmed date yet uh because of covid and whatnot but other than that that's it is a initial plan this
2: year that's great
1: and since you started that, um, the NAPA R backup, how many uh, members do you have
2: now? Um, you know, when we had our officer elections in February of last year, I'd say there was about 25, maybe 30 people that came out and we were building a few committees to, you know, we had, a, you know, everything getting going and uh, we were, were moving, had some good momentum and uh, everyone's you know, uh, personality is a little different to handle these sort of shelter in place and the pandemic and all that. So, you know, we're encouraging folks to, to come out and join us for some of the gleaning and enrichment efforts that we've been doing, but it's, you know, it's not a requirement. Obviously, everybody's uh, has a different uh, feeling of safety and, and interest. And so we're optimistic that, uh, you know, this year as, as things start to calm down, uh, we're going to have some, some good attendance and participation um, in the events that we're putting together. So uh, we're, we're hopeful we'll have a couple dozen people out this year.
1: Awesome. Well, now, in your committees, I just got one question for you, and this is just just for uh, Burns and I. Is there any need for us to worry about competition in the pedipole industry?
2: <laughs> well you know uh we we've thrown around the idea but i i think you guys have the market market cornered on the uh the pedal pull activities um so for for burns and yourself and and tristan and the rest of the team over at a and Wife and and our we'll, we'll let you guys go ahead and champion that task okay
1: <laughs> well if that's something you guys ever plan on doing we don't mind helping out if you guys need ideas or kind of specs that go off of what we've designed
0: or borrow
2: <laughs> well
0: yes
1: we well, bob, bob didn't
2: say you're that kidding. bob didn't say that
0: no no no, no. what no, i no. meant by borrow as in you can borrow our equipment
1: no i <laughs> lease lease
2: <laughs> we're raising money here right yeah it's it's a it's a lease lease to own option is that what you're selling me there on bobs <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding but no, that, if he gets, that'd be great. the yeah. kids really enjoy that a lot. I remember coming out for uh, ag days. Oh, gosh, it's usually about this time of year, right? At the, the fairgrounds? March. March. And um, I remember having a lot of fun doing the pedal pulls.
1: Yeah, and we actually just upgraded the tractors and we haven't even got to use them yet.
2: Did you uh, right. put the flames on that one?
1: No. Did you no we, on did put, we did put numbers on them. They do have numbers now, but we changed their gearing around so they're lower geared, so they go a little slower.
2: Yeah, some of those kids were flying uh, a couple years ago. I remember on those things, so it's a good thing we, we do need to slow them down a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, we slowed them down for more torque. We gave them a solid axle. We put more money than the actual thing's worth, but it's 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 you know pretty well built now. And your uh, your the seat doesn't grind there on the on the chain. We upgraded the chain. It's mean.
2: What's the uh, is there a, a manufacturing house title that that goes with these pedal poles? If if anyone else was interested to uh, to check them out online and, and purchase one from you boys, are you guys uh, making making a few more of these each year now?
0: No, we're just with we're just following the turn uh, the directions with uh, custom with a K.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So that I mean. Once, once we get it figured out, I mean, right now we're kind of rusty because we we haven't had anyone to really figure it or not really figure it out, but to see if they break yet. And that's all we're going to go off of it to see if it breaks. And we've tossed around a couple ideas with them where uh, we would find, you know, scrap metal and whatnot and take it and, and uh, basically melt it together to build our own adult size version tractors, like an actual looking tractor mm-hmm. and use that but we have not found anything similar or related to it yet.
1: Right. Well, the problem is a lot of the pedal tractors now are mostly all plastic besides some of the ERTL ones. Yeah.
2: No, I've noticed that. Well, and until you uh, you get your new models out there and you know we had 200 second graders pile through there and try and paddle on them all day, you won't really know <laughs> how well they're going to hold together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what, what really put them to the test was Andrew Ryan. He brought them out to one of his events, and they came back just, oh, man, they were thrashed. <laughs> the chain like was anything, busted.
2: <laughs> I feel like anything we let Andrew Ryan borrow gets thrashed.
0: <laughs> he gives us the learning opportunity, I guess.
2: That's true. He's good at that.
0: He'll He'll listen to this episode, so.
2: <laughs> I'll have to give a big shout out to, to Andrew Ryan, uh, former wife and our chair for Snowman Rins.
1: Yes. And if you want any, if you're looking for property in California, just remember, go ahead and talk to Andrew at California Outdoor Properties for all your real estate needs. <laughs> real estate and property needs.
2: And if you need somebody to help you build a vineyard on your new property, you can give uh, you can give Julian a call. And uh, us over here at Sunridge Nurseries can... Help you plant that 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 vineyard.
0: <laughs> All right, there you go.
2: You want wine? He's the, the guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you can call Matt if you need a uh, if you need an extra couple cases of wine from St. Francis. He can help you put it together.
0: Yeah, I, I can give you the wine, and you can just uh, you know give us the grapes or something. I don't know. We can make a trade. We we'll make a trade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have
0: to talk to the uh, the winemakers about that.
2: Um, you know, you're. Uh, your, your Mater D over there at St. Francis, he won our Fantasy Football League this year. Bugger. Jake? Yeah, he won. He took How? the crown. I don't How? know, man. That guy has been uh, placing pretty well middle to lower part of the pack several years now. But it is his league. So uh, he's the commissioner. I think it was probably a little internal collusion that brought him to the top. Uh, uh-huh. We were certain that that uh, uh, there was another player for Wilbur Ellis that was going to make it to be the champion this year but jake squeaked him out uh during the finals i couldn't believe it it was really well really great performance on his part
0: (laughs) i have to i have to tell him that this week and i was like hey so i heard you on fantasy football and he'd be like totally lost that's gonna be great i'm gonna tell him that he's gonna
2: be very confused yeah (laughs) yeah that's great yeah yeah
0: yeah, we'll give him a good rattle and then he'll be kind of rattled off the rest of the day <laughs> you don't know Jake, Robbie, and anyways,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's a good guy. Yeah, Means he's a great well. guy. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. So, anyways, but that's kind of like what we have in 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 mind with our pedal tractors and whatnot, and um, yeah, YFNR. It's a great thing to do. Even if, find your local one in your area. Um, we're trying to promote it, I guess.
1: Yeah, if, no, you're in, if you're in between the ages of 18 and 35, and even if you don't have anything related to agriculture, if it's something you're interested in, just contact us and you can come in, sit in a meeting when it's back in person. Of course.
0: Or on Zoom. We or have Zoom room. meetings.
2: We yeah, do we socially you. distant Zoom meetings. 53 counties in California here, so uh, there's there's a YFNR chapter that could be built or um, is already operating in your county right now, and you'd be surprised. So you in touch with your local Farm Bureau, too, and uh, they can put you in that direction. We, we will uh, – Exactly. I, I talked to Regina this week. Um, they will be sending the uh, statewide YFNR conference online this year. Um, they were going to push it back to the fall, but I guess they want to get everybody together and have an opportunity to to talk about what the year is going to look like. So um, it might be a a great opportunity to get involved.
0: Yeah, I I should probably join that, and Bob should too, just to check it out. We've never – I mean, we're still pretty fresh uh, members-wise or member-wise, and, you know, it's something, you know, since we are – Part of the part of the committee. I mean, granted that we're barbecue committee, but still, you know, if we ever want to step up, we should, you know, check it out.
2: Yeah, I had a great time. I went down uh, for the conference in February of 2020. Um, uh, Mia Stornetta and I, and uh, one of our members, Rachel, we all went down to the conference and, uh, and to Larry last year, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we got a chance to. Uh, hang out with other wife and our members from all over the state, and the ag tours are the best part. I mean, of course, you know, sitting through the sessions and and learn about the laws, regs, in the future are, are a lot of fun too. But uh, we had a great time on the tours. Uh, we had the opportunity to visit the uh, the Tulare uh, the county prison, and they have <laughs> a uh, a work study or agriculture program for the prisoners that's like kind of a work re-entry program. And so they can sign up to participate on the farm. And uh, they raise over, gosh, it was like about 400 head of uh, swine. They had about 120 beef cattle head, and then they've got a huge uh, vegetable farm out there as well, and some dairy cattle. And they, we learned that through their kind of work reentry program, the prisoners get an opportunity to work on the farm for six months to a year uh, before they leave the prison. And then they've got like a, a certificate, you know, that shows that they're quite employable and, you know, can hold a date and things like that. And, and they can get out and, and use it to help, you know, start their new job uh, or their new career after they leave the prison. And the best part was is it saves the taxpayers just shy of a million dollars a year in food costs. Can you believe that? And so they were, slaughtering, they're learning skills too, you know, they're, they're slaughtering the swine and the beef cattle, as well as uh, bringing the produce and all of it, that goes into the, uh, the prison's food system. And that's, that's part of, you know, the the food that they're eating there. So they just supplement with, you know, some grain products and a few other things. But they were saying that over three quarters of all the food that's consumed on the, uh, at the prison system there is coming from the farm, which is pretty cool. And so they, they save almost a million dollars a year in food costs.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I never, w- never would have thought. Um, I have it's heard fun. of, like, the sheriff's rodeo kind of stuff, but this brings it to a whole new level.
2: Yeah, it's pretty pretty well vertically integrated. You know, uh, I mean, obviously there's, there's folks there. I mean, you could be working out in the yard. You're, you know, on the yard, so to speak, <laughs> at the prison. <laughs> I mean... Or you could be out on the farm, um, and then the rest of the time, I mean, I'm not sure what, you know, I know that the prisoners have been encouraged to do other sorts of productions, um, you know, uh, to, to produce wares and things like that, but uh, I think that this is a little bit more sustainable model, uh, you know, for, for the prison system, so um, it's the first one I'd ever been to, Burns, so I'd never even heard of this before, but Once we got a chance to walk around and talk to the um, the folks that were running the the farm program, it just it blew me away.
0: Yeah, I mean, you took the sustainable part is like way up there in my books. I mean, just hearing three about three quarters of the whole prison food system saving over or what it was a million or over a million dollars. Yeah, the prison system. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's that's great. Actually, I I think that that is an absolute great thing. Um, if we're talking about prisoners, I know that we had, um, with the 4-H chicken queue, uh, we'd have prisoners come out the day before the chicken queue and they'd help lay out all the bricks for our big pits. And, uh, you know, they helped work it and we test a couple chickens on there and, you know, the guys, they're great guys. And, uh, You know, and I bet they're, you know, in the kind of the same realm where they have like six months to a year left in prison and they're trying to work it off um, just to be employable when they're back out in the real world.
2: Yeah, it's a good opportunity to, to, you know, relearn some of those skills. And and I I thought it was awesome that they were able to kind of give them a a certificate of appreciation and also, you know, to certify their skills working and coming out. So um, I would like to see more of that going on you know um let's save the taxpayers some money as well you know put that towards other you know there's i'm sure there's a lot of things in tulare county or you know in any county in the, in the state that could probably use that money for something else so
0: yes something uh, useful else? for what the county useful? yeah
2: what else did we do on the tours man um i know mia spoke pretty highly of a visit to uh one of the creameries they went to and uh they, they were known for producing some pretty killer ice cream and some other treats uh, what did we do that day? We went out to uh to go see the Gus uh automated sprayers. Have you guys seen these things? The big orchard sprayers that are uh they're ran um automative from the computer. And so
0: Yeah, autonomous.
2: Yeah, they're autonomous. Thank you. Thank you, Burns. And so the the folks that started the Gus sprayers, um, they it used to be a you know, kind of a, a small team of a few people and they had a pretty big shop there where they were going to produce i think god about 50 of these things in the coming months and um one ranch manager can spray he can run four sprayers autonomously from his computer in the orchard and it's pretty amazing i mean it's 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 great that he can do that and you know his labor and you know, gets to be difficult, but it's also from a safety standpoint, too, because you don't have to put a human body inside of those sprayers when they're out working in the orchards, and it, it helps uh, helps for the safety aspect, and uh, a lot of that liability as well, plus, uh, you know, human error can be something as well, and, and the computers and sensors, everything that's on those rigs is, is pretty fantastic, and then the family that uh, that started this autonomous sprayer system, you know, they're california valley um you know multi-generational family and so they're they're building this business up um, themselves which i think is really pretty something pretty fantastic and so that was another good stop we did and this is all on the the annual meeting there for wife and our uh, you guys had some great tours uh in sonoma county back when the it, it came out
0: uh, a few years yeah a
2: did you yeah, guys get it we, a-
0: we did but we didn't go i know i didn't go i was I was busy, you know, with work and whatnot, so I, that wasn't an option at the time. I see. Uh, we had, we were spraying and, you know, ground spraying and whatnot, and I had to be around for that reason. That's but it, sure. if we can uh, go back to the um uh, topic there for a second, um, you know, it it would be cool to see what kind of technology will come out of that if they're still producing it and whatnot uh coming into the future you know like i i get that it's all autonomous and whatnot but um like i got a couple questions and they probably already have the answers too is like so will the machines go back to let's say the fill spot and then who's gonna have to someone's gonna have to fill them i'm i'm pretty sure and mix it mix the chemicals and whatnot in there yep if i'm not mistaken
2: yeah, you got to have a hub. I mean that that, that was brought up. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned that because that was probably one of the first questions they had. And yeah, mm-hmm. so someone's got to be on site helping out with all these things, um, certainly. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a pretty interesting thing. I, I know uh, Monarch is another company that's doing some auto- uh, autonomous tractors for um, various applications. But I know that the uh, the wine Grape Vineyard industry um, is interested in uh, Monarch tractors, and they, I believe we'll be seeing some of these in Sonoma County this year. I know a couple of growers that applied for their, uh, I don't know what they call it, like a, it's not a trial program, but it's kind of like a a lease trial patron program where they're going to do a pretty serious auditing of everything that's going on, you know, with the tractors and, you know, sort of a, a beta testing. But I, I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a couple of these out in Sonoma County this year. Uh, they're not yeah, going to be, I, you know, driving up the side of a mountain somewhere. But I think, you know, in Russian River, maybe Alexander Valley, you know, somewhere where it's it's nice and flat and a little a little uh, less problematic for a, <laughs> a computer to drive a tractor around a vineyard. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen those monarchs not in person, but I checked them out online. Uh, it came across one of my pages that I follow. And anyways, it's just, you know, it's fully electronic. Uh, no no fossil fuel on that, uh, being ran on that tractor at all, except to charge it. And that brings up a whole other issue. But we won't go there today. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's, it, you know, I've seen how autonomous they could be. They almost look like, a new, like the newer Kubotas to me. Those Monarchs, um, they're like white in color, white or gray, and uh, they're narrow. They got them for vineyards, so it should be interesting, you know, to see one of those go down a row and keep itself straight and in between the rows.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. You know. when, and they uh, they didn't have one for, for our vineyards over there at Gus. So at Gus, the smallest sprayer I think they made was for like a 10 or 12-foot row. And that was, for, you know, for valley vineyards, that's all right. But for most of our vineyards, that's not going to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned that. And uh, I think he sent it to us during the group text.
2: Maybe. You know, he sent,
0: he, I think he sent it over. And uh, I was like, huh, I wonder how that goes down the road. And he's like, it won't fit in our rows. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: all done and over with. So Monarch, uh, you know, I don't know. That's the other thing I think about is, you know, that tractor with nothing hooked up to it it might even be able to get around the vineyard. Okay. But if you throw a disc on there or you get a sprayer running, running, you know, uh, how, how well is, is that going to continue to be able to handle it and, and tow behind and turn around and all those kinds of things. I, I really do wonder.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, you got to figure out the gear ratios and I get that it's all electric, but I, I just, I'm in a, a loss of words of really of how it's going to work. Um, It'd be something to definitely, you know, find out and figure out and contact them and go through that route because, I mean, with this, uh, you know, with the whole new climate change bill going along, it's it's gonna drive up the fuel prices and it's gonna just bring uh, a bunch of a bunch of stuff to kind of a reality we didn't want to really expect yet. So yeah. it's, it'd definitely be something to wonder about.
2: Yeah, we're fortunate that, uh, you know, uh, precision agriculture and, and these technologies are entering the vineyard space. You know, this is this is where a lot of the, uh, the action is, I suppose, or the investment, so to speak, is in uh, precision technologies for vineyard. It tends to be a little bit much at times. I think that there's a little too much noise out there and a few too many technologies from time to time. But... Um, you know, for sustainability, like you said, you know, reducing some of our our diesel burning and uh, and being able to to keep workers' safety, you know, paramount. Um, it, it does seem like some of these technologies are heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah. The other thing too that we saw, um, well, when we were at that Getspo, well, me and my dad, we saw Gus work, and it was pretty, pretty neat to watch in their trial. They had trial orchard. They had. Showing how maneuvers maneuvers around there, but another thing too that we looked at that we were kind of interested in was the um, the new drones they came out with for spraying too.
2: Oh yeah, I haven't seen those.
1: Yeah, they're pretty. New. Some of them are the um, the quadcopters, the four blade, but they Yamaha made one which they were running. I guess they've been running. They lease it out to vineyards, and it they've been running it since ninety eight. I think the guy said. Oh, like the little, then, they're labeled like,
2: like baby helicopters, huh? Not the yeah. quadcopters, but the old Yamaha yeah. ones. Yeah.
1: The old Yamaha ones. And they had one there, but they got the new quadcopters there. And I mean, they only hold like a five gallon tank, I think it, it
2: is. Yeah, it's pretty miserable the size of yeah. the load, Gary. Yeah. Uh, it, but like just, to,
1: just the concept for the future is kind of neat to think about.
2: Oh, it is really. It's, well, and also, it's, it gives you another tool in the toolbox. That's not to say you got to spray your whole vineyard with a quadcopter, but, you know, lately, you know, we haven't been getting any rain hardly at all in, in May and February. It shows up in, in March and April, and, and everything else is growing out there, and when all that, that rain comes in, saturates the soil, you know, we can barely get a tractor through a vineyard in Carneros, for example in the middle of April after a big storm and we need to get out there and be spraying, otherwise we're gonna have, you know, mildew and botrytis issues all over the chutes. And so uh, <laughs> drones and helicopters and, you know, any sort of aerial spray techniques um, is something, you know, you gotta pull the lever on that and, and send them out there and use it as a tool in your toolbox during that time because you know you can't even get a tractor in there to spray.
1: Yeah. That's what that's what we were thinking too. I mean, it's just that that variability of how the weather is. I mean can't always drive a tractor all the time. Weather dependent, so Yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense for in the future wise. Well, I mean yeah. if
0: you're spraying or if it if it's raining in general you can't really do anything either, so um, I know that if it's at least windy you can do some disking or mowing, but if you prefer to do that. So, anyways, back to that copter, uh, the Yamaha uh, drone. Was that made for just spot spraying, though?
1: I can't remember. That was a couple years ago, back at in Tulare, when that got put. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think primarily it was for that, but also, like, um, small vineyards and kind of more hillsides and that kind of stuff was also their, their kind of goal for it. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, but when I've seen, yeah, when I saw those at the show, it, I know a couple of growers that use them uh, year round, and they use them to spray some of the vineyards that are a little bit too big to backpack spray, and a little too small and difficult for a tractor to spray. Like usually, real big, like mountainside vineyards, something that's um, on a pretty difficult elevation, where they, they do kind of like a no-till system for whatever they're farming. They've had some pretty good luck with those Yamaha uh, copter sprayers. Hmm. But they were saying that the tank size is really a problem, and they haven't been able to fix that. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the quadcopter sprayers. Maybe they can carry a bigger payload by now. But I was told that, that those Yamaha sprayers had to go back and forth to the, the pump so many darn times, you know, a dozen, two dozen times in a day. It it didn't make a lot of sense, you know, to have, to keep doing it that way mm-hmm. so hopefully those quadcopter ones uh, can carry a bigger payload
1: yeah i i think they can the only problem with them the only downside i think was just their battery life because mm. they're electric now and the yamaha's were gas i believe so there lies that that problem in itself
0: fossil fuels are still the way to go <laughs> not, not hinting anything
2: the only way we can get <laughs> torque That's the problem. You know, you can build a a super big horsepower electric motor, but I I don't know if many of the designs for those electric motors can demonstrate enough torque.
0: Well, the thing is with electric motors is that it's all torque all the time. And, like, it's all, you know, they put out all in in one. It's always on. Um, But the thing is, is to hold that charge. That's the big issue, especially, you know, with anything and everything. I've heard of tractors that they're coming out with, like electric excavators. And I guess there's this one company that's doing it and they have them, but they have a specific generator for it to charge it. What does that generator use? A diesel motor. (laughs) That diesel motor could probably fit into that excavator. And you could be running eight hours a day rather than running it all night on that generator to charge up the batteries or however long it is to only get two full hours of work out of it.
2: Wow. Is that excavator, uh, it's electric, and and there's no hydraulics on it?
1: No, there's hydraulics on it.
2: There are hydraulics, okay.
1: Well, we even seen, like, designs for, I know Tesla's coming out with their, their semi and Walmart, um, there's a video there. Walmart company, companyed up with Peterbilt and came up with a special all electric. Well, it's not really all electric. Um, semi for Walmart to use, and it's a center center drive semi truck, but it has electric motors on every single drive wheel, oh, but right. it charges those with um with a natural gas powered turbine jet engine. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, no big deal.
1: <laughs> so I mean, it's still burning gas. Yeah, well, I'm su- I, I... Go ahead, Julian.
2: Well, I was surprised. You know, we, we haven't had a lot of interest in natural gas engines here in the United States, and for obvious reasons. But, um, man, when I spent a fair bit of time down in South America, um, a lot of the, the personal vehicles down there, and I just remember all the taxi cabs for some reason um, in, like, Chile and Argentina were running on hydrogen power. Uh, hydrogen gas, excuse me, and mm-hmm. hydrogen gas stations and, like, that that's a big part of their economy down there, their fuel economy, excuse me, um, was was hydrogen gas-powered uh, cars, and it's pretty good for them. I think that as far as an emission standards and things like that, that's quite progressive. You do have to worry about <laughs> the fact that you're driving around with a bunch of hydrogen gas inside your car, but... Um, yeah, I mean it works out pretty good. I, I can see where they would they would stick one of those in a Peterbilt, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. attached to a jet engine in order to uh, to charge the motors. I, I guess we're, we're maybe we're finally getting to it. I don't know, Bob. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, at least with uh, on the not so much the natural gas side, but with the hydrogen half of it, I mean the only really emissions that you have is water. That's the only thing that comes out of your tailpipe.
2: Yeah. It's pretty Which we, had,
1: we, we saw our first kind of hydrogen car. We were going to Lake Sonoma. And it was a Nissan, I think. I, I forget what what they called it, but it was driving and it just kept dumping water behind it. We, we thought the person was like dumping their coffee out the side of it. We couldn't <laughs> tell. Our windshield just kept getting wet. We're like, what's going on? It's a dry, sunny day. <laughs> also, right. out, dumping water out the bottom.
2: Coming out of the tailpipe. Yeah, I might have misspoke. It, it was hydrogen, hydrogen gas down there, too. Not yeah. At, but yeah.
1: Well, we thought maybe it was like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Clear History. Um, I
2: haven't. Larry David, he,
1: he's a basically a car inventor. Or he, yeah, he was a car salesman for, um, it was basically like the smart car, but all electric. And um he was talking about his invention for it was a P flap for the car, you know. You gotta you wanna keep driving, might as well just pee in this tube and it just fills up. So we were joking, well maybe it's that P the P flap. Hopefully it hmm. wasn't going all over the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Dumping it as it goes.
2: Wow. I remember that yeah. one time I I was cruising across the county, I saw you with your dingling hanging out the window. What were you doing? <laughs>
1: Near Burns, cause I I, I never done maybe,
2: that. Maybe that was maybe that was you, Burns. Pardon me.
0: <laughs> I don't keep my hand out the window. I got AC, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was probably Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I the, I don't know the, this whole electric and hydrogen stuff. Um, I was to, I was told you know this was when I was in school. Was that hydrogen was a hard gas to control at least. United States standard, you know, that's probably meaning like someone in the United States someone in the United States hasn't found the proper way to capture hydrogen and transform it into the gas and whatever and for cars to work here in the United States. So it sounds like they had it somewhat figured out down in South America.
2: Well, what I from what I gathered, and this is going to be hearsay, but I, I heard that uh, General Motors and Chevrolet and a number of the other American car manufacturers fought hydrogen gas-powered cars from coming into the United States because mm. um, you needed, I think it's a rotary motor that you need to have in order to make uh, hydrogen-powered cars run on those gases. And uh, I think Mazda and Nissan like owned all the technology for Correct. those rotary Correct. motors at the time i don't know when this would have been you know it could have been back in the 80s or 90s but at any rate that was uh i think there was a pretty good lobby against it because essentially that was going to help them in, invade the the personal car market you know automobile market here in
0: it, yeah it almost sounds like it's a monopoly with the rotor, rotary motor
2: uh, it really um. does yeah and they have all the technologies for that i don't know anyone else that's within the space competing, you know, uh, to, to design a, a motor that's more efficient than that at this time.
0: Right. And don't get me wrong. It's a pretty efficient motor, even on, uh, you know, regular fuel or gasoline. And, uh, yeah. it's just, you know, it's a technology that's, someone has to like reinvent it in order to make it their own or for anyone else to use it. And it's, it, it just comes down to pure and simple, co- uh, I was going to say pure and simple communism, but no, it was politics.
2: (laughs) Yeah, not all politics are communism, Burns. (laughs) No, they aren't.
0: I was was just quoting a Smokey and the Bandit quote, and that
2: was about it. Oh, there you go.
0: Uh,
2: Anyways. Yeah, be careful. It looking like deliverance out there the last couple of months. I feel like... He was in to I feel like Smokey was gonna come around the corner at any moment. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. He save the day.
0: <laughs> Bert Reynolds, where are you?
2: Come to our rescue, Bert.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of deliverance, another person which we need to have on here is Dan Charles. Dan Charles. Speaking of deliverance,
2: where's Dan Charles? <laughs> He'll love that. You got to you got to make sure to keep that one on. Oh yeah. no,
1: I'm going to. I, I just went for the wind-up and pitch because he, I hear banjos and all I think of is Dan.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> the uh, the Dixie Giants. Is that what's the name of his band these days? Uh, the, no, the King, King Street. Street King Street Giants. Excuse me, that's right. He had to take the Dixie out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we I went, we to- went and
1: watched. We went and watched them when they performed live in, um, uh, what's that theater? The, the
0: great McNeers. town of Petaluma, McNears, Yes, in theater.
2: Yeah, I saw, saw them in McNears too. Uh, yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah, we seen you down there. That's right. We uh, were all there. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, I drugged Pacheco in there. He was next door drinking. And I, and I lured him into joining us. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess that would, yeah. Let, let's get Dan Charles on the horn here and, uh, and get him on the show here soon. And probably yeah. will, too. Have you had a chance to talk to uh, that old Portuguese over there?
0: No. We don't. We don't know if he's technology or technologically uh, inclined for this, but we'll give it a shot.
2: Oh no, we surely know that he is not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have to wait until we're out of the uh, pandemic before you have the opportunity to interview Will. Um, it
0: It might be one of those recorded audio things.
2: It's gonna have to be in person and you're gonna have to bribe them with uh with beer whiskey.
0: Yeah, bear whiskey because it works faster.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: there's there's free alcohol if you come on the show. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't get my uh free alcohol package here before before the show. I guess it must be in the mail, right?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's there somewhere. It must have. It probably got left behind the taxi driver's seat, probably.
2: Oh, there you go. All
0: right. In South America.
2: In South America. <laughs> that, that rotary hydrogen engine. Well, good. <laughs> Off <the> circle, boys.
1: <laughs> somewhere down there. You just got to go look for it. It was, it was cheaper that way. Oh, wow. Was well, there. Is and, there anything else you want to add, Julian, to this?
2: I mean, I was really hoping you boys were going to ask me some questions, but <laughs> that's all right. I think we got a pretty good uh, roll here. I I didn't think that we were going to get a chance to talk about uh, <laughs> hydrogen-powered rotor engines today, or, <laughs> or Portuguese, uh, <laughs> Portuguese, or Gus Automation. But you know, we got a couple good plugs in there and a couple good anecdotes. I, I I'm pretty pleased with uh, the way things went.
1: Yeah. Well, just like I said, I mean, you're always welcome on here, so it's, like I said, it's open forum, so, as as it goes, so, like I said, we don't plan to talk on the stuff, it's just kind of where the conversation goes.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, you gents did a great job of getting the ball rolling here. That's good. Is there, do you have any other questions for, for myself at this time before we uh, retire for the evening? Wow. You got anything?
0: ah, oh, oh, geez. Uh, I know Julian's a great guy. He's a great guy to be with. I remember the first time I met him. It was at the Boleto Vineyard annual softball game. And he had a great big smile and an apron. And he was cooking some ribs. And then all of a sudden, I turned my head, and he comes back, and he's, like, ready to play, like, powder puff he's got the shorts on and cow poly shirt repping it and got my
2: uh, old rugby gear on
0: <laughs> your yes your rugby gear and he was ready to play some softball and that's how i knew he was going to be a great guy
2: to be around <laughs> there you go that's a good picture there yeah i think uh gosh darn it i think by july this year i hope we can get together for that softball tournament i'll even bring it's my in, mask
0: it's in the books uh if everything works out right it's in the books we'll we have to gotta, get
2: the, the napa wife and our uh, team together
0: <laughs> it's it's in plans um but yeah it's it's in the books according to our chair and we had our meeting last what, earlier this week and uh yeah anyways uh we'll we'll let you two you know the two chairs talk amongst each other about it we're just giving you a little preview i suppose and but anyways, if everything works out right, that's the plan. We're gonna have a rib cook-off and a softball game. So well, be there or always, be square.
2: Yeah, be there or be square. It's always uh it's always a pleasure to uh to come out and be a part of the barbecue committee and and uh, it's always nice to cook some ribs for you, Burns.
0: Hmm. Well yeah. Well Bob's got a recipe apparently, and we're gonna we we just wanna see who's got the better recipe.
2: Oh, we're gonna have a rib cook-off, Bob?
1: Oh yeah. We're gonna oh. have we, we are the Barbie committee now, so.
2: Yeah, right. we just got to
1: defeat Anthony somehow. Well, we just got to make sure that Dan doesn't do the chili.
2: Oh, geez. Mm. <laughs> Did you hear about that, Julian? The old Dan deliverance chili? Uh, <laughs> no, it's a special.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that
2: I was didn't so- hear about it. Do you, do you want to enlighten me? Is this okay for the kids to hear? <laughs>
0: What not yeah. to do, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. Tell him
1: the story. <laughs> well, I remember we were cooking chili dogs in the Farm Bureau parking lot, I believe. And um, I think Anthony was, was boiling the hot dogs. And I think Dan just finished making the chili. And he thought he wondered what it would be like to pour some Guinness in it. So he poured some Guinness in it. And then he I know, he brought the chili bowl back and then he was just going to boil the hot dogs in the dirty chili bowl. <laughs> just going to pour water in it. Uh, yeah. So we, we were going to work there. out. I think Anthony stopped him before the hot dogs. Or did he actually go through with it? I can't remember.
0: No, he stopped him. But it was a battle of the chilies between Anthony and Dan. And Dan's honestly wasn't it wasn't as bad as you thought. It's just the thought of it? there being Guinness in there. And, I mean, he's, he's going to listen to this, but, you know, Anthony's was just better.
2: <laughs> wasn't as bad as you thought and wasn't as good as you hoped, huh?
0: Exactly. I mean, if, if he put some, like, a pound of cheese in it,
1: I'd say, yeah, it's great. You think the cheese would mild out the Guinness? I mean, I, 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 I didn't think it was half bad, but the Guinness is, you're right, it's what threw it up. I right.
0: Think. It's just a thought process of there being Guinness in there. Anyways, but, you know, it was it, it was eatable, edible.
2: A- a- Anthony's the captain when it comes to all things barbecue committee. I remember uh, we were cooking burgers that year out at the Posey Ranch and he's like, how many eggs are you going to put in those burgers? And I was like, oh, yeah, I like a lot of egg in my, you know. And when you mixing up the burger patties, you're always supposed to add a little bit of egg. Get them to stick together, right? Well, I, I might have got a bit overzealous. You know, we're cooking a lot of burgers. And everyone's eating. It's like, God, it's the best meatball burgers I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really how they turned out. And and Anthony looked at me, and I I, I looked back, and I said, you know what? Damn it, you're right, Anthony. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that's that's pretty much that
2: story. Oh great! Uh, Well, gentlemen, it it has been a pleasure. Uh, I've enjoyed hanging out Barnside with uh, with you, Bob, and you, Burns, uh, this evening. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I encourage uh, any of the members of our community here to come on out and join barnside with bob and burns
0: yeah just remember hey hey uh julian where where'd you hear it from
2: uh this side of the barn
0: you're correct that's that's him folks and uh just remember to check us out on instagram twitter and now on tiktok uh, if you got any comments or anything we should do for future episodes, or if you'd like to be on this on a future episode, please let us know on one of those social media formats. Otherwise, you can email us at bobbinburns at gmail So, uh, you you got anything else to say, Bob? No, that's it. All right. Let's remember where you he- heard it from this side of the barn. Adios, everybody. And thanks for joining.